Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, tug nut, tug nut, <laughs> tug nut, gut, <laughs> gut, tug, tug nut. I can't think of anything to I can't have you staring at me saying, saying that for nut, much longer. Right. That was, <laughs> you started getting glazed faced with just your eyes I was going, zeroed in right on me. My brain was going to a place where I had to pronounce things very quickly. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to Script Shop. Yeah, welcome to Script Shop. I'm Allison. And I'm Jack. And we are here to talk about scripts and screenwriters and their stories and what we love about them or don't love about them. But we usually don't talk about that stuff because we Yeah, love- why would you say that? I don't know. I just talk. <laughs> I gotcha. But sometimes people bring stuff up that isn't finished or whatever, and maybe they don't love it. That's true. That's yeah. true. A lot of things are so works in progress. So we get to go through, we get to shop things out with mm-hmm. all these script writers on Script Shop. Oh, that's, look at you planning out with names and titles <laughs> and everything. So welcome to the show. We have today a 101-page feature script. Uh, Tugnut by Nate Yakos. Tugnut, Tugnut, Tugnut. Hence the intro here from Jack. Yeah, see, <clears throat> it all makes sense. It's like you're getting away with saying something. I feel like I am, yeah, right? for sure. That's why I'm saying it a whole bunch. <laughs> um, this is a uh, kind of like wacky comedy. For me, it feels a lot like highbrow meets easy comedy, uh, kind of like a train wreck of a lot of different things. Tugnut is the most unique thing that we've read so far for yeah. this show. It's the least traditional. It's the least straightforward. There's a lot about this script that I don't understand, and I don't mean that as a criticism because I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the world, but like, I'm very glad that we get to have the screenwriter on so he can talk about where he was in his head when he was writing this. Right, which is so super fun for us to learn about our screenwriters and what they're thinking, doing, and writing about. So if you are a screenwriter or know a screenwriter and want them to be on the show or want yourself to be on the show, you can send in your script to www.scriptshopshow.com slash submit. Scriptshopshow.com slash submit. And if you're not much of a writer, but you still want to maybe be involved with, uh, you know, the computer and the phone and everything, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, we're all over that. Uh, Script Shop Show on all of those three different kinds of social media. And on Twitter, I am uh, Script Shop Jack, if you're looking to find out what my weird musings are on a given thing. He's totally funny. Jack's good at at, uh, Twitter, so you should tweet with him. I'm okay. I'm your bestie Westie, and I don't do much except make fun of Jack on it. Yeah, which on occasion. There's plenty to mine there. Yeah. I should I should rethink my life sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you should. I'm, I'm, I'm the one right now who's good at Twitter. I think I need to do the reconsidering if anything. Uh, I want you know we try to talk about what we are reading and what we are watching and stuff. Uh, one of the things that I have been reintroduced to, as far as something that I was reading and now it's back in my life, I lent out a couple copies of. There are these two books that Bill Carter wrote years ago. They're one was about it's called The Late Shift, and the other is called The War for Late Night, and it's all about the behind the scenes goings on. The the first book was when they were going for Johnny Carson's job, Ooh. and then he wrote a follow-up to it when Jay went from The Tonight Show to that 10 o'clock slot on NBC 
and then Conan had the Tonight Show Ooh. and all of the behind the scenes business stuff. Bill Carter is excellent at writing these stories, and I lent these to a friend of mine, and he just now, uh, in fact, it was it was Gabe. Really? It was I lent them to Gabe because he's into the sort of behind the scenes stuff too, and. They're back in my hands now, and I'm very happy to be going back through and just reading what a weirdo, da- but a genius David Letterman was. Yeah. Leno comes off as kind of a creep in some of the early stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's brilliant stuff. Oh, that sounds really good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I love those behind the scene ones. Did mm-hmm. you ever read, um, oh my gosh, Sick in the, the Head? Sick in the Head? No, I don't yeah. know what that is. Okay, so um, I think it's Judd Apatow did interviews with comedians from the time he was a little kid. Oh, he's just always done interviews with comedians and now has a thick book. Oh, wow. That's full of these interviews. The very first one is him with Jerry Seinfeld when he's like a young teenager. Wow. Yeah. Not Jerry Seinfeld, young teenager, Judd Apatow. Young Judd. Yeah. It's wow. really good. I'll, I will let you read that one, even would, though you didn't ask for it yet. I would love to read that yeah. one. No, that's very much up my alley. I would enjoy <laughs> that very much. It's way good. Um, I've been rereading a lot of plays. Have you? Like the- theater plays. I really love David Lindsay Bear. He's my favorite. Okay. He's in my top three favorite writers. And he writes this incredible, goofy script called Wonder of the World, which is basic. Actually, this is so interesting because we're talking about this bizarre script today. Yes, Tug Nut. Yeah. And David Lindsay Bear was taught by Christopher Durang and oh, yeah. Marsha Norman. And Marsha Norman's one of my top writers. Uh, like theater writers. Mm-hmm. And so this script, Wonder of the World by David Lindsay Abair, is the perfect baby from somebody who was taught by Christopher Durang, who does like wacko, yeah. out of left field stuff, and then Marsha Norman, who does this kind of like salt of the earth grounded. Oh, that's a cool blend. Yeah, it's it's so beautiful. I'm not familiar with her, but in college, we definitely did uh, For Whom the Southern Bell Tolls yeah. as, a, as a project, and oh. that's a wild <laughs> script. I love those things. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So speaking of that, speaking of somewhat wild scripts, we should probably uh, bring Nate in because Nate's got a uh, a, a work that he uh, is going to talk to us about today. Tug, actually, the the official title is Tugnut: A Love Supreme, right, Nate? Yes, it is exactly. Hi, Nate. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. Love to share more about. Uh Tugnut, a love supreme. <laughs> I hope we didn't put too much of a weird like build up to to what this script is for you. But this is this is a a unique animal that you got here. Well, that was the that was the goal uh, to whatever I'd like to write. It will it will be unique, and um, I try to purposefully stay away from uh, what's already been written or cliches. And if I feel Initially, I might run into that when I'm thinking about a scene, mm-hmm. but then I'll say, wait a second, don't go there. Don't go, you know, write some other way. You really challenge yourself to try new things when writing? Uh, well, you know, what? I'm at the, kind of at the early stages of uh, learning uh, the rules of writing and making sure I uh, discipline myself to, and learn about you know, the craft of writing. So I'm still at the very early stages of that. Um, and challenging, I just want to make sure I get it right in terms of the format, structure, content, and uh, most importantly, just to have a good story. Mm-hmm. So what are you coming into writing from? You say you're new at writing yeah. now, but what, what have you done before? Well, um, this is my fifth script. Um, I've... I've written scripts with, um, with basically uh, 
uh, other partners partnering up. I, I came up with this, the stories, and I, would, I co-wrote, but I'm excited about uh, Tugnut because this is my first one in which uh, it's all me. It's beginning, middle, and end uh, with, the, with the writing. I thought, let me put as much as uh, my personal kind of thoughts into the story and and it, and um, it, I, it's it's my own meaning for a couple of the scenes, and uh, kind of making paying tribute to uh, certain things in my life. Um, and you're a teacher currently, correct? Yes, yes, I'm a special ed teacher. I've been teaching for 16 years. Um, my background is that I have a, a degree, a bachelor's in political science, got a master's in special ed, and um, yeah, that's, so I'm, I'm thinking part of this script strongly, the theme is uh, civil rights, political messaging, and, um, and keeping it uh, contemporary as much as possible. I feel like between the the political the, the political background you have and then doing special education, those are two very intense but also very different uh, pieces of academia. Yeah, two two different directions of discipline. Yeah, and thank you. Um, I guess it's just I I as I, I finished up political science, um, I had my first job was working at the Cerebral Palsy Center for the Disabled in, Albany, in upstate New York and Albany. And it's like, it was like a residential facility, and uh, I was a direct care staff person. And I thought, hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> so um, I kind of pursued that plan and, um, and went on to get a master's in special ed. When you say you feel like, hey, this is pretty good, like you felt like the work was rewarding? Tremendously. Okay. It's rewarding, uh, understanding uh, uh, other people and, and what their needs are and, and just all the elements that are involved in, in teaching and, and uh, just the, the full de- development process uh, from getting to know a need, addressing uh, the disabilities and... Uh, and helping out. It's, it's, it's just tremendously rewarding. Mm-hmm. Does, um, do your experiences, do they influence your other scripts as well? Because, of course, this one you say has a strong civil rights message and a political messaging theme as well. But I'm wondering if, too, you've written works about uh, the life of disabled people or how some of those struggles may play into everyday drama. Yes, yes. My uh, my script before this uh, was called the blessing, and it it uh, was addressing um, uh, an individual who is homeless, and he he's coming in from the streets um, to basically seek war- warmth at a hospital, and his his life path comes in line with a family that is going through a crisis. Um, so he helps out the family in crisis by just being there, and um, uh, so it, that that's kind of the political edge of the blessing. He becomes a blessing for this family, in which 
the, the two main characters uh, basically are like um, Mama's Family, <laughs> okay. um, in which the, the daughters are trying to um, uh, just have a kind of ongoing crisis going on among themselves. But the, the daughter basically wants to receive the blessing of, of her father to marry, and yet the father is in a catatonic state. So that's that's kind of the sum of the blessing <laughs> of the yeah. last story. But um, yeah, pertaining to political themes, uh, that is uh, that's a, that was the last one, and um, my upcoming scripts will have that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, some um, I'll have um, this this next one called Romeo and Julie, and it's a it's a heavy tearjerker for this i plan on writing it up the upcoming uh summer and because it's so heavy i want to work on another script called fix my house <laughs> and that's like a husband and wife they're teaming up to fix homes but whatever can go wrong will go wrong yeah that's a cute title i, that, that, I chuckled fix at that that's house. a cute title yeah yeah so it's it's i have the i have the idea thought out clearly and it's easier to kind of digest than tug not a love supreme or even the blessing Mm -hmm. so i really want to go easy light yet creatively funny with uh fix my house coming up and romeo and julia's oh you know that's a heavy um and that that one will be based on basically a homeless couple and a college professor who whose lives uh, cross paths and they're just met with challenges. The college professor views the uh, the uh, couple as a project, okay. and he has to get into their world. It's kind of like uh, if, if you thought of some Robin Williams movies of the past. Um, let's see. You're making me think of like Fisher King. Yes, exactly, and it's it's in line with that, and. Um, but yet the, the professor really has to uh, go into the shoes of uh, the street life, and they teach him a lesson. <laughs> okay, so we could, I feel like this is all very on brand for you as far as, like, you know, people finding value in the, the wisdom of people who maybe are on the fringes of what's normal society. Like, this all seems very much in keeping with your work with cerebral palsy and the, the special ed and all that stuff. Yes, yes, and and it took me a while to figure that out as well. Like, hey, what's what is my common theme here? I understand, you know, in the world of uh, screenplay writing, and if you want to get it, get your work in the hands of the producers and have the the work move uh, move forward, you know, then there are certain things like, uh, well, what is your style? What is what kind of work do you want to uh, kind of anchor on? you know, as a, as a concept. And it kind of didn't, it wasn't purposefully happening with Tugnut. That was a series of ideas that I just had to shape together and they were just quirky and fun. And, but, but I, more I thought about it, it's, you know, social commentary and challenging uh, the reader as to, well, oh, I just, I just read that now. Oh, how am I? Do I like that idea? Is it 
is it funny? Is it interesting? Is it funny to me or am I offended? <laughs> mm-hmm. So you, you said, you know, Tugnut was inspired by a series of ideas. What yeah. ideas? What, what was happening that made you write this? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the first one was my wife, Jenny, and I, um, I've been married since uh, 2000. And um, uh, Jenny and I, we, we lived in uh, Durham, North Carolina. And in Durham, there's uh, uh, Duke Gardens that's uh, on campus of uh, the Duke campus area. Oh, yeah. And we, we just love taking walks there, enjoying nature, getting out. And one time we were out in the woods, and I thought I saw this. This is a uh, duck that was on a leash. <laughs> okay. Like a double take. Yeah. Oh, I was, man. I was thinking, what is this? Did, is, he, is this duck really on a leash? What's going on here? And then, good question. you know, I'm just thinking about... Well, what happens if someone comes around, some uh, police officer comes around and says, hey, is that your duck? And then, <laughs> or, or the duck gets out of the leash and then jumps in the pond. Now, now the owner has to get the duck from the pond. Because he's a and, pet. And so, yeah. Yeah. Keep going, please. Yes, please continue. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, so that, that was one carryoff point that this guy is, is like uh, something with ducks, because this is really... And another thing, I, I was not employed for a, sh- for a little bit of time because I wasn't picked up at a school in, in the Durham District area. And so I had to apply for uh, unemployment insurance. And I was... Uh, so in the process, um, I was in this room, and the employment specialist guy, he... You know, the application guy, he came in, and he was all sweaty and nervous. And I was thinking, what is he so yeah. jacked up about? You know, we're the ones that are applying for a job, and we're sweating out, you know, this. What, what is he all nervous? Is he going to get fired or something? So that was spinning in my head as well. Okay, well, and that's very much what this Ted Tugnut character is. He works <laughs> at this employment office, and he's he thinks he's more important than he really is, and he's strange and nervous kind of all the time right yeah he's the world he's just that's that's the name his name fits really what's going on with his life life has given him a big tug nut oh man um, i'm glad you brought that up because you did name him tug nut and you also name another character scrotum right can you talk a little bit about (laughs) why you chose those names for these characters as opposed to something that's a little bit more conventional in for a penny, in for a pound, or something like that. Okay. Yeah, it's it's basically, I I kind of um, I was thinking about Mel Brooks movies, love his stuff, and it seemed like some some of his characters just it kind of falls in line with that, like just over the top names. And if if you're gonna think of a villain's name, what is it gonna be? You know. So um, and what has gone on in this guy's life and. Um, so my part of that in getting um, the scrotum character um, kind of dressed with his his kind of background, um, my son, who's uh, you know 15, Benjamin, he's riding riding bikes, you know, outside, and I thought, well, you know, this let's have this guy not being a conventional bike, but on a recumbent bike. Mm-hmm. 
and now he's a professional ex-professional cyclist. <laughs> and, and that kind of shaped um, who that character would mm-hmm. be. And then all these terrible things that happened to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Tug not based, you know, you're sharing about, well, he, he kind of is, um, he's trying to figure things out. He's, it's like a hamster stuck in a treadmill, you know. He's, he's um, has a job, but he doesn't really um, like it. He, he, uh, and I was, I was trying to hit on maybe some themes that are kind of universal that people might be able to identify with, like, you know, uh, job, job security, you know, uh, just the general themes, um, mm-hmm. love and loss and, and um, security and things like that. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, we usually on the show, we'll go through and like break down some of the more important elements of a given script and different beats that go in as the acts and stuff of, of, of a script go on. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Nate, this script was is tough to map the beats out short of just being like, well, this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens. Um, maybe since you're so familiar with the work, what are some of the highlight points? What are some of the main points of the script? You've got this Ted Tugnut sure. guy who's sort of a weird sad sack that works at the employment office and... And basically, uh, initially, that, that's the, his, uh, his, uh, his daily life. That's his norm, mm-hmm. just angry, kind of uh, not fitting with the job. Um, and then the inciting incident is he gets fired. Yeah. Um, and from that point, he's, he's basically uh, coming back and uh, thinking that he'll be able to get that job in desperation. But he doesn't. So just within that, he, he um, uh, has this opportunity to, to uh, go to a, 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 his daughter's festival, Phoebe, who's, who's back from college, and she's into the arts and has a booth. And out of just a circumstance, he saves this guy's life, uh, this guy named Duckworth. Hence the ducks mentioned before. Yes, yes. And uh, so he, he basically saves the guy's life, and it's filmed on, um, it's filmed, it goes through social media. He gets uh, um, exposure um, for saving this guy's life, and now he also gets this kind of um, reputation. Uh, well, it's more like there's this commercial uh, producer that wants to, uh, take advantage of the opportunity of of his popularity of of uh, being viewed as a doctor for right. saving this guy Duckworth's life, although he 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 uh, pretty much bruised and battered Duckworth before he gave him um, applied the Heimlich maneuver. Yeah, because he didn't know so, what he was doing. Yeah, <laughs> so he basically uh, is is entering the new world of being. Uh, this doctor and and uh, gets potentially the opportunity of of um, of going another direction, you know, with with his life. Yeah, and so he's endorsing this product called Vaginella, which is like a it's a it's a feminine product for. It's like feminine Viag- Viagra. Viagra. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I've seen enough of those commercials. You know, it's, it's always hilarious. the male commercial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The males are always on there. Hey, you know, it's like, what about the female here? 
why don't we get a bunch of those commercials on? Yeah. Would that be fun? So it's so funny, too, because he endorses Vaginella, which then becomes this huge social thing. You have the yeah. uh, the vaginist and the purist, which yeah. then make Tugna a symbol of their of their rebellions and camp out at his house. Yeah, they're protesting at his front yard or supporting <laughs> in his That's front right. yard. Yeah. yeah, and and it's basically a reflection of well, what's going also on with our society? I mean, we have we have two sides of uh, that are basically having strong opposing views. Uh, you know, in, in, in particular when it comes to, uh, I guess, uh, religion or, or um, I don't know, there's a lot of issues in which there's such a contrast right now of, of two sides that, well, this would fall in line with, you know, the social climate of what's going on now, but in, in a funny twist. Okay, and so then as this is going on, uh, Tugnut makes, starts making friends with his daughter's boyfriend. Reluctantly making friends. Yeah. Because, of course, Tugnut is going through kind of a life crisis here. He's, he's getting catapulted into all these different realms that he hasn't experienced. He's reeling from losing his job, and his daughter, Phoebe, and his wife are both encouraging him to connect with the male. <laughs> yeah. And so he starts making friends with Phoebe's boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, and he 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 still wants to maintain this somewhat traditionalist um facade, you know, as a father figure and a protector of his daughter and saying, "Hey, you know, um, you know, just just uh, uh kind of letting Brandon know um, you know, Basically, I'm I'm going to take care of. I'm going to make sure that you you take care of Phoebe, and I'll let you know that. But in the process, Brandon's Brandon's like, uh, you know, he he's got it together. He's not intimidated, and he he stands up to Tugnut, and he introduces Tugnut to marijuana, mm-hmm. which leads us perfectly into the scene yeah. that we're going to read for our listeners today. So today, listeners, we're going to be reading a piece from Tugna, A Love Supreme. Um, I will be reading the action headings, and then we'll have Frank reading for Ted, and Jack will be reading Brandon, the boyfriend. So, Frank, if you just want to say hello and everything. Hello and everything. And- <laughs> <laughs> Frank's back, everybody. Always good. Always good. We were Frankless for a couple of shows, but Frank's back now. Yeah. We missed him. Yeah. Um, so... We're just going to go ahead and get started on this, yeah. then, guys. Nate, we'll be uh, we'll, we're going to read a little bit of your of your work here. Okay, terrific. All right, interior Ted's car day. Ted and Brandon go fishing. Ted grabs control of the wheel. Their silence is deafening. Phoebe and Janice thought this might be a good idea. Do you think this was a good idea? We'll see. What did you mean by "I'm lost"? Nothing. It wasn't nothing. You said it. I'm curious. What, just what did you mean by that? Well, you act like a wandering dog. Wandering. Looking for your next meal. Wandering dog? Congratulations, Confucius. You've got me all figured out. Forget it. Phoebe is my only daughter. Got that. Brandon rolls down a window. You hurt her. I hurt you. Comprende? Brandon grabs a brown bag. Thanks for the heads up. 
pulls out some chocolate cookies. What, what you got there? I come in peace. Ted turns on the radio to classic rock. Can we listen to something else? Why? Do you have something against Mr. Rod Stewart? Brandon shrugs. Ted turns volume up. Do you think I'm sexy, please? Exterior, local lake, day. Ted, glassy-eyed, staggers out of the car. Lake's over there. Ted wanders. Brandon walks down the path. Over there. Did, did you hear that? What? A swift breeze blows through the trees. The wind. It's just the wind. Sounds like the ocean. Easy, Ted. A squirrel burrows in the dry leaves. What's that? Brandon gathers fishing supplies. Squirrels. Here, take this. Hands him a fishing rod. Angry squirrels? Shakes his head, throws up his hands. No, happy squirrels. How did you know that? They're smiling. Smiling? What kind of place is this? Ted's eyes widen. Hours later, Ted casts out with no bait. Holy cow. You're, you're like the best fisherman ever. What does that make? Seven? Three. Three? That's a lot. Hey, got some more cookies? Nope, you've had enough. What time is it? You got some more cookies? No. Moments later. About some more chocolate chip cookies? I don't have any more. Sure. Holy shit. Ted wanders and rests under a tree. It's so peaceful. It's like I can hear myself think. The misty solitudes, as though they perfectly knew the old lost road through the woods. But there is no road through the woods. Who said that? Kipling. I know that. Ted sleeps peacefully under the tree. Brandon covers Ted with his jacket. I thought he would never shut up. And scene. Ta-da. Well, so that that's... Uh, Nate, did we come close to what your... I don't know what it, what it sounds like in your head when you wrote that? You nailed it. You <laughs> nailed it right on the head. Even, you know, as I was even practicing the lines to potentially read it, just the, the cadence and... And the kind of tone of uh, in the car, out of the car, yeah, that was that was real good. What do you what do you like about this relationship between Tugnut and Brandon? Um, well, I, I guess it's one to facilitate uh, Ted and, and uh, to get him in the direction of of just being unsettled into finding himself and uh, the irony of of um, where they're initially coming from. Uh, Brandon is like this uh, gatekeeper for Ted. Uh, Brandon kind of understands where Ted's coming from because he's, he's like a deer hunter. So he's been out there. He's, he's, he seeks his own solitude. He finds, he understands the value of, of uh, connecting with nature. And um, now Brandon's stuck in a rock in a hard place because he's spending time with Ted, and, uh, and he's being asked to um, play the role of uh, mediator and, uh, with uh, the family and Ted as all this chaos is happening at the Tugnut house uh, that Janice has to deal with. Yeah, T- Janice being Ted's wife. Now, right after this scene, when, when Ted and Brandon start doing their outdoorsy stuff, it kind of opens, like you said, he's a gatekeeper, and it opens a door for Ted where now he sort of is this outdoorsy guy, and he wants to build this bridge and get to the top of the mountain. It, is there some kind of – there's a metaphor for that, right? Yes, yes, and, and it's, it might even be, a, um, I don't know, uh, 
I hope it was an easy one. The, the bridge is building bridges, people coming together, and the more that Ted is, is uh, getting closer to his goal of, of peace and being content in his life, uh, then the bridge is further getting built. Uh, he's also looking up at the cliff, you know, the, uh, the, the, the top mountain area, and he has to kind of uh, uh, scale this cliff, like uh, free, free climb this cliff uh, ledge area in order to get up to this, this mountain uh, pier area. And he doesn't know what's up there, but he feels that there's something special. But since it's the unknown, that's what, he's, that's what he has in mind as well. So with all of these other bizarre happenings going on for for Ted, for being catapulted into um, the public eye for lots of new job opportunities. We didn't really talk about the ducks. I mean, we, we mentioned the ducks, well, but there's a whole back. thing with yeah. killing. The ducks oh, get killed and there's a funeral, do. and which is why Scrotum is like trying to plot okay, Ted's yeah. demise. <laughs> I mean, where do we even begin with that? Yeah, uh, yeah well, uh, basically that is... Um, I just have to laugh. It's like so, it's just so funny, honestly, yeah. you know? Could you imagine ducks basically kind of roaming a, a funeral home area? I like that part. <laughs> going on, um, and you have duck callers, and you have basically a casket of Duckworth, and, and the two ducks, uh, uh, Moe and, and Larry, and, and they, they're in their casket. <laughs> and so just wanted to create the scene and kind of, put a button on um, Duckworth in his funeral. <laughs> and then so and then Scrotum sort of swears revenge from there. Because Scrotum is Duckworth's like number one manservant. Right. Essentially. <laughs> and so yes, so then Tugnut comes into the picture and he's jealous. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and he is, and that's that's the theme of love too. I mean, Scrotum has love for Duck <clears throat> Duckworth and and basically their relationship is is um, not only a worker but also a uh, lover, mm-hmm. and so that's that's a means of challenging the norm and everything. Also, says a lot about Duckworth. Duckworth is a bit of a dark horse with all his all the things that he's kind of done. So, um, but it's um, it's basically. Uh, the the story is is going into the direction of of uh, Ted and and his notoriety as a uh, as a spokesperson for Vaginella, and now all the chaos that happens because of that. And you're referring to the vaginists and and the purists, and just uh, it, it keep on it keeps on drawing into a crescendo. And this is this is really not for Ted. He's he wants to escape this uh, one way or the other. That's where he's trying to find that solace in the woods. And he does eventually get there with like his little sort of mountain view business that he sets up by the end. And then at the end of it, you've got this big message about love. And there are some love themes during it. It's called Tugnut, A Love Supreme. And yeah. your, your big message at the end about, you know, there isn't right or wrong in love and you should just race toward it. That is, is that sort of the overarching message that you're trying to say with this? Yes, yes. It is uh, basically um, the... The message of love and uh, whether it comes in terms of um, gay, straight, bisexual, um, the love of nature for for Tugnut and Tugnut's 
desperate desire to not break away from from nature, uh, Phoebe's desire to to be <laughs> Phoebe's desire to be with Brandon, although Phoebe is doing her thing. Um, yeah, she's kind of trying to kill him. She's, yeah, her thing is like <laughs> secretly trying <laughs> to cut him all that. the time. Yeah, she had a former boyfriend, uh, Sven Svensson, <laughs> and Sven was a was a professional uh, skier, and uh, oh. she kind of talks dirty to him on the phone while he's just preparing to, you know, do a, a, a giant downhill ski. Uh, uh, run and he gets all she gets in his head and and he he goes off the cliff <laughs> literally and dies and so that's uh but she she kind of has this little mischievous nature about her it's very dangerous and brand's basically saying why do you, why do you keep why do you keep us stabbing me <laughs> And I uh, wonder would. if she's yeah. doing that purposefully and she gets a kick out of it or or not. But I'm thinking that's that's her thing. And is that sort of like a love hurts kind of message in there? Yeah, yeah, real hurt. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of hurt, but, but it's an overriding thing where, you know, she, she does love him. You know, for whatever reason, the love has been established to start the story. It's not something where it's, you know, we... It, it's has it's at its early stages and we see it in the process that would take too long and that would be too much of a side you know uh uh competing with the tugnut yeah, um, sure. main character but i wanted it to be kind of uh a um basically uh an established love and they're at the they're at kind of at the finish line and where they can uh propose to one another right so do you when you were talking about some of the other stuff that you've written with your the, the, some of the stuff you're planning and the other things that you've written does this is this sort of like an outlier versus some of your other writings? Uh well it's I think so cuz there's a lot of there's a lot of little personal things I wanted to stick in there kind of like tongue in cheek like uh the title of it uh Tugnut a Love Supreme a Love Supreme is actually the title of a number of um an album that John Coltrane had had produced. He's a, a saxophone jazz artist mm-hmm. and a, a, a giant in his in the area of jazz. Um, so when I'm hearing his sounds in jazz, it, it makes me feel like, yeah, love is supreme. That's that's the ultimate. That's that's the the top. And I love hearing. Um, so I'm heavy into music. Stevie Wonder was a, a big fan of mine. Um, growing up, and uh, mm-hmm. one of his songs is uh, "Come Back as a Flower," and I thought, you know what, you know, Ted's kind of saying that to Brandon when uh, when he's referring to nature and being way out there. So I so I throw that into a line, and you may not pick this up, but uh, with Phoebe, when she gets married to Brandon Snow, her name will be Phoebe Snow. Phoebe Snow, right? So, so we have the the uh, the reference to Phoebe Snow and one of her songs, one of her more popular songs is Poetry Man. Mm-hmm. And and these songs were all kind of, um, these artists were, were um, playing in the 70s, not John Coltrane, but but the other artists, Janice, I have uh, 
that is in reference to Janice Joplin, mm-hmm. Elizabeth, the character that Janice is in love with, Queen Elizabeth. You know, that's... Oh, because she's English, right? Yes, yes. And uh, she's a lot of fun. I, I uh, just love all the characters. Uh, mm-hmm. When I'm thinking about them and what are they doing, it's, I wanted to have a little something for each of the characters. It was hard with Janice to try and think, well, is she going to play the straight mom with uh, Ted's chaos in life and what he's going through? Is she going to be like the, hey, Ted, you shouldn't do that? And I thought, nah, let's, let's have her have some kind of spin, too, going on in her life. Yeah, you have fully developed characters in every realm, except for Duckworth, who like comes into the picture and then dies. Yeah, not that he's not so developed, but he serves his purpose and gets out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I appreciate um, just uh, hearing all this because it's it's kind of it, it, it was a number of goals that I that I set. I wanted to have whatever I'm writing. I like to have it strongly character driven. I like to have it. I'm directing kind of toward a low budget, so it can it can be picked up, and um, and also. I look at writing like it's an art in terms of uh, if someone wants to pick it up, just uh, do what you want with it. You know, if you like the idea, but other things you can, you you like to change up, change it up because it's a piece of art. And uh, so when it comes to whatever their vision is, you know, go for it. In terms of production, if if somebody wanted to put on Nate Yakos colored glasses and see this as a production, what would it look like on screen? Uh, it, very, um, I guess I can just think of words, very, very caring, uh, very strongly character, um, um, method acting kind of uh, um, development, you know, of, of how characters it's it's not so much uh, the words, but how they want the actors want to act it out uh, to to bring out their characters. Uh, the scenes, oh, the scenes just be out of this world magnificent. The Tugnut House is uh, located in a, in a rural farmhouse area that has a uh, a front yard that's. Uh, just laid out enough so you can have protesters there and building bonfires and um, and then you have the nature scene where where um, Ted is building this bridge and then you have this beautiful at the end basically uh, Ted's fans Janice refers them as maniacs right. but they they build a bridge and they they complete his vision and his and they they show through that action they express their gratitude and love to Ted. And he actually, you know what I want to share before I forget, he changes from uh, Ted, um, Dr. Ho, do, well, um, Dr. J, Dr. J with uh, Vaginella right. and kind of labeled as that to Dr. Hugs. Yeah, Dr. By, the, Hugs. by the end of the script, everybody's calling him Dr. Hug. That's awesome. Yes, Dr. Hugs. And that's in reference and paying, paying tribute to Leo Biscaglia. And Leo Biscaglia is a writer in the 70s, and he basically um, was a professor in Southern California in the 70s, and 
he after his message of of uh loving and social awareness and and uh embracing life and sharing his family stories uh he he started up this thing where he he would hug the the audience members that would want to receive hugs and then after a while it became a thing where after his uh presentations people would just line up and they would just welcome uh love to receive hugs from leo and that's that's just special (laughs) yeah it's sweet it's it's innocent and it's simple and it's i think it's easy to overlook stuff like that right Yes, yes. There's a lot of little things that are personal that that pertain. And Leo Biscalia, I, I read up on his 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 stuff. I don't know if you picked up on a reference to The Shining in the story. I Ted think so. is, he he jams his knee when he's trying to free free climb the cliff. Right. Winds up getting a few drinks at the bar, and uh, and then he. He goes to like this uh, CBS store, like a or Rite Aid, whatever, and uh, he just gets into this thing with a front counter lady whose name is Wendy. Right, and he lost his wallet. Yeah, he lost his wallet. But I, I was making reference to a scene in The Shining, where now uh, The Shining—it's uh, basically a Stanley Kubrick movie. Jack Nicholson is, Jack Nicholson is playing. You know the the guy who loses mind in right. at this Overlook Mountain Resort, and uh, basically uh, he goes after at, at some scene um, his wife and his son Danny. So he's he's going down the aisle and and chasing Danny, Danny boy, right, <laughs> I'm right behind you. Oh, scary! And I thought, you know what? Wouldn't that wouldn't that be funny instead of a bat? We got a fungo bat that he's getting hit with, right? And so I'm I'm kind of paying tribute to a few things that are going on. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I just love that you've been able to put so many things into the script that make you happy, and that the journey oh, and for that's, Ted. That's the whole. Yeah, that's it. That's my thing. That's it. You I, just got to enjoy it. it. It's it's for my own happiness and to kind of laugh as I'm going along with it and. Um, and that's my goal for future scripts. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, if anybody wants to get in touch with you about this script or any of the other works that you mentioned earlier, what's the best place for someone to reach out to you? Oh, just feel free to contact me at my email address. It's nateyakos at gmail.com. That's N-A-T-E-Y-A-C-O-S, uh, gmail, at gmail.com. Awesome. And... Um, uh, should I give my home number? Or? Let's just start with email. Yeah, we yeah. can, and we can link you up uh, when we have uh, your stuff up on the website when your show's running here. Yeah. You bet. You bet. Yeah. So, Nate, thank you so much for taking this time to talk through this awesome script with us. It's been so much fun learning about you through everything that you put into the script. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share and uh, uh, my my work, and I, I hope to get in contact with anyone that would find interest in this and and uh, want to grab it and, and do something with it. In case somebody wants to grab Tugnut, that's, uh, <laughs> that's the idea. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thanks, Nate, very much. Appreciate your time. Jack and Allison, thank you. I, I appreciate your time as well. All right. Well, there was Nate. That was awesome. There was Nate. 
filling in some gaps for me, quite honestly. No, so I just want to bring back some of the things that he brought up in terms of style of the script. Mm-hmm. He referenced Mel Brooks, right. Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Those. He also talked about another script that he's writing that sounds like The Money Pit, which yeah. Tom Hanks was in. Which brings me back. Ah, yes. This to, is our discussions that I'm we've had. I'm going on record with this. Yep. That this script, um, Tugna Love Supreme, reminds me of Forrest Gump. Yeah. A lot. The character journey is different, but also similar. How he's just propelled along towards finding himself and his place in the world. And and you more or less called it. <laughs> I had gosh. But this is definitely more bizarre. Yes. Um, but, you know, the life, the world we live in today may arguably be more or less bizarre than the time that Forrest Gump is set in. Yeah. So. Well, Nate's having fun with it, clearly. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. This is very personal for him. Yeah. I love watching people work little quips in. Yeah. You know? And if you have uh, something personal that uh, you would like to get out into the world and share with everybody, that's that's a big step. We get it. Uh, we would like yeah. to help you with that. Scriptshopshow.com slash submit. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can send your work to us. Um, if you're interested in just seeing what we're up to or checking out comments we have on episodes that we're releasing, um, seeing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff we do here in Cincinnati, then you can look us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are Script Shop Show. Um, Jack's taking a picture right just, now. Just if you want to see what we're up to, just uh, when this gets posted later, you'll know what, uh, you'll what this know is You'll know what's from. happening. Um, so look us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we're happy to engage with you and talk about all of these episodes there. And uh, iTunes, Google Play, yeah. there's a lot of places you can check us out. Please leave us a review, leave us a rating if you're interested in what you're hearing. If you're not that interested, let us know. Let we us can know. Always, we can always tweak. We like feedback. Yeah. It's all, you know, tweak. It's good. It's yeah. all good. So, Anywho. Yeah. Thanks for listening, friends. Appreciate it. And until next week, that's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West. Hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley. Produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.